your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in... Over here! ...with a friend and found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra. Extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. Good morning, listeners. Good afternoon. Good evening. How's that? I covered all the bases. This is Jim the Keys Bartender. It's a beautiful day in the Keys. I hope it's a beautiful day where you are. I know it's a beautiful every place we are. We're sending our blessings to the people of Ukraine fighting the Russian aggression. And if I turn you off, I turn you off. I'm going to talk about it a little later on. But I'll start out talking about some of the bar stuff. Right, but before I'd even do that, today is Friday, and on Friday at nine o'clock, I teach a spin class, and it's also a week my daughter's on spring break, and where she normally sleeps until like ten, eleven o'clock, I asked her last night if she wanted to go to spin class with me, and then go out to breakfast, which is hard, you know. I realize. I know what it's like being a kid. Uh, well, I, I have been a kid. I, I was never a 15-year-old girl, so I don't know what that's like. But um, I don't know what it's like going with your dad to a spin class. He teaches. But I asked her to do that so we can go. Uh, and she did. She went along with it without, you know, willingly, without having to be coaxed the going. So got, you know, getting up about two hours earlier than she normally does was a big deal. And she came along and we had uh, we had a nice ride into work and then did my spin class and she uh, went out to breakfast. But going out to breakfast down here this time of year, yeah, people always complain about that. It's spring break. We're in a tourist town. So there are lines because there's such a compressed time that people have breakfast here. So we go to one of our local places uh, in Rock Harbor, a little further south from us, about eight miles south in between our home and where I teach my spin class. And we had a lovely breakfast, but it's one of those... 
you'd be amazed down here because we're just a tiny island and, and real estate is expensive down here. A lot of places, they don't have big parking lots. The parking lots are always saturated, even out of season. This particular place called Harriet's at around mile marker 96 Bayside has a very tiny parking lot. And some people even park in the median of Route 1. But it's worth it. It's worth it. It's a nice place. We got there. There were people waiting outside, and you always feel kind of crazy. But people people don't like sitting at the counter. They don't like sitting at the counter. It's not like the bar. It's interesting because when the restaurant's full, when, well, even when the restaurant isn't full, when the restaurant's empty, I get more than half the people. When the restaurant, there's a lot of room, I get I get a lot of people sitting at the bar. <clears throat> last night, I had more people at the bar than they were sitting at the table for the last hour and a half. Last two hours. But uh, I'm one of those people. I go right to the counter. As soon as, not, not for particular service, but, you know, don't need, don't need a table. And you know what? You do get... A lot of times you do get better service because there's the kitchens usually right behind it, and that's where all the you know coffee, tea, and all that stuff comes. So if you ever go to a place and there's room at the counter, and there's one or two of you, you know some people say oh, it's not as romantic. Well, you're not. Most people aren't romantic. Sit at the counter, dummy. I'm just kidding. I mean about the dummy part. Sit at the counter. Well, <clears throat> like I said, we're in the midst of a spring break. We have, uh, we're coming to the end of our snowbird season. Um, the snowbird are the people that come down here for a month or two. And we had a lovely couple named, uh, a Canadian couple that came in. And I don't want to say their name because they didn't say, I didn't tell them I used their name in there, but I'm going to talk about them. And the regulars that listen to the podcast may know who they are. But they're a sweet couple. And it was funny. I was getting, a month ago, I think I was having a discussion about science with people at the bar. And after a little coaxing, it turned out the woman, and they both were, that both of these people had science backgrounds. Uh, I think one in particular was a geneticist. And they were very friendly. They came in every, uh, almost every day I worked. You know, for a drink or a couple drinks. That was it. They they never really overdid it. They liked having a good time, but not too much of a good time. And they lived in the neighborhood. They would ride their bikes or walk there. Which is great, you know, having those neighborhood people. But you get those... And especially when the owner of the property comes to your restaurant, usually they say, hey, listen, if you need to go any place and stuff, go up to this restaurant to catch because they'll take care of you. And we took care of them. And they were very pleasant, very sweet couple. I know I'm being redundant, and I apologize for that. So yesterday was their last day we'd see them at the bar. And they made a point to take care of everyone there. And then they turned around and they gave me $100. And I said, Jim, we're not going to be here tomorrow. 
but do us a favor. Purchase your regulars around the drink. You know the regulars. Can you make sure they get around the drinks and run out that $100? Because they, and they took care of us all. And I said, yeah, sure. I thought that was the sweetest thing. You know what I mean? When they come back, they're not going. They, next year, I ask them, I said, when are you coming back next year? And they go, no, we're going to Australia next year, which I think is wonderful. They're going to the northwestern part of Australia, I think. But wherever they're going, they say it's beautiful. And uh, I real they will be missed. They will be missed. But it's these interactions with people like that, our snowbirds, that come down every year. They're regulars. Even though they're only there like two, three months. We have a couple named Tim and Alice. Um, Randy and Brenda. Kim and Jerry. Uh, I'm missing some of the other ones. I really do. And they're sweet people. They're all... Those snowbirds, I mean, I, I love seeing them because they're just, just like family when they come back. And they tell us, you know, what happened. They ask how you've been, what, what's going on with your family, and we, we all count up. There was a, a couple of them had some bad things happen to uh, them and their families. And for that, we really feel for them. But I'm not going to go on for much longer. But when they when they come back in they start coming back in October and November you really it really feels like a reunion something different and then then I think with some of the, the uh, we have when the snowbirds leave then we have the people that own the properties that normally rent to the snowbirds they start coming back and uh, and then added to when the snowbirds the snowbirds begin leaving when the spring breakers are here, and there's a certain calculus with that. Right now, with the peak, because you still got the snowbirds, and then you have the spring breakers, and spring break started. It's it's peaking right now. Spring break is peaking right now. It's. Uh, uh, the, our local schools are going back this Monday, the ones in Monroe County. And then we have some in Miami, Dade, and Broward County. When they do, they people with uh, vacation homes come down. The people that have their summer properties or their, their second homes. So they start popping down here. But usually right around the second week, of April, that corresponds this year with Easter, it starts really tailing off. And I imagine when things open up, and the rest of the country is going to be open up this year, uh, that people may not, we'll probably go back to our slower, you know, know, more pacing, slower pacing. And that'll be interesting I want to see what, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You never, like I said, until it shows up, you're never going to know what people, um, what the traffic's going to be like while you're down here. When it's going to be busy or not. We got high gas prices, but people are still going down. I was just talking to a 
couple last night, they came in, sat at the bar. They were very nice. They were very, very easygoing. The guy was very talkative. And they came in and they asked for a list of the Cabernets we had. And we're not a big, uh, we don't have a wide selection of wines, but we have, you know, a house wine and a, a better wine. Right? And the better, you know, for a Cabernet. And then we have, uh, you know, a couple of Sauvignon Blancs and a couple of Pinot Grigios and a Malbec and, and things like that. So when I told the guy, he said, well, listen, when it comes to Cabernet, we have this and we have this. And they go, oh, that's one of our favorites, the other ones. I go, oh, well, that's convenient, very convenient. So they order a bottle of wine. They sit there and they started talking. And it was middle, I was still kind of busy at the bar, so I had to go and divide my time. But I could see they really wanted to talk to me. And I decided, wait, I'm going to pause this right now. I'm going to come right back. Cool, that was a notary call. So I have to go out on a run in about an hour. But I wanted to finish up. You're important to me, so I wanted to finish up this podcast. And it keeps my brain going. So what was I talking about? If I, You know, I, I feel like Guy Pierce in the movie Memento. And if you follow that movie, he has a head injury from an attack that happens in his house and he can't form new memories. So what was I talking about? We talked about the Canadians and blah, blah, blah. Uh, busy season with it. Okay. So we're talking about that couple that was at the bar and they ordered a bottle of wine. And they really wanted to talk to me. So I'm dividing my time with him. I come back. And he's asking me questions about the food. We want to know what the very best thing on the menu is. And I said, well, listen, it's very important for me to know. I don't really want to say... Uh, I, re- I remember when I first came down here, my buddy was a bartender. He says, listen, if anybody asks for a fish or whatever, say, just get the pan saute. Say the pan saute. But after working down here for a while in the restaurants, I now have experience with all this stuff. I start thinking about... Oh, well, this will be a good, uh, this would be a good one. I like this one. I like this one. Almost all of it. There's a reason why something's on the menu. We put things on the menu. Uh, most restaurants put things on the menu because they make it well. They make it well. So if you, depends on what you like. What kind of base do you want like that? So this guy says, listen, my wife knows what she wants, but I want to order something better. And he said it in a nice way. He didn't say something in a mean way. He says, I, she orders something. She reads the menu and picks something. And then we'll tell you what she ordered. And you tell me if there's something better than that. And I said, oh, that's kind of subjective, you know, depending on that. But I gave it a time. So they told me they, she ordered something. And then I, I suggested that she ordered a key lime mahi. So I went and said, you know what? You like the Godfather Mahi. It was, it's kind of a little sautéed preparation with uh, sautéed spinach and feta cheese and all that stuff underneath. And it turned out they did like it. And then they asked the same thing about the dessert. Now, what's the best dessert? Blah, 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 blah. And I was telling them about our housemaid items and stuff like that. And who's it made by? So, well, the owner right over there. And which one does she like the best? I said, well, she'll say the Caribbean rum cake. And I would have a tendency to agree with him on that. And, and he's a real, I mean, I know it's a simple thing, but it's very good. And they order it and they agree. And they were very pleasant. And, and uh, tipped 
accordingly the way their praise was. Some people praise a lot and then are parsimonious with their tips. But that's just the way people are acclimated to tipping. Some people, you know, some people are, I don't want to even use the word generous. Some people just have a just way of doing things and they just don't, doesn't make them bad people. I just got to remember, it does not make them bad people. I did get a guy come in last night, came to the bar. I was having great interactions with everyone. And this one guy comes in, he goes, give me a beer. He didn't say hello or anything like that. And I'm like, ugh. My ego is, is, is bruised. You didn't say hello to me. He greet me. And, and you know, talk to you know, don't stop, don't talk to me like a servant. And he wasn't doing any of those things. He just wasn't a warm guy, but I didn't get the warm and fuzzies from him. I'm thinking my head. And then one of my other regulars came in, uh, and sh- she wanted to sit down. And I didn't want her to sit next to this guy because I didn't really want to. I don't know if I was getting the right vibe from him. And as time went on, as after you order his food and all that stuff kind of warmed up and it warmed up and turned out to be all and you know the first impression I got from the guy was oh this person may be a bit of an a-hole but I didn't let that set in gel I mean in my head and think it's just an asshole I'm just saying I'm gonna give this guy an opportunity to flesh it out see how he is and he turned out he's in that he came and ate did his thing and left. And it was pleasant enough. And any problem I really had with him would have been purely manufactured in my head. I gotta watch those things. Just you know, it's just first impressions. Sometimes it's not first impressions, first interpretations. It's like you read someone the wrong way. You you never give them the right opportunity to be to meet someone who you can get along with or be pleasant with. Like I said previously, many times before, most people that come and sit at the bar don't mind interacting with people and they actually enjoy interacting with people and they're usually nice. So we had a lot of nice people and we are in the you know midst of the busy season, yes, the busiest of the busy seasons and uh, we're getting through it. And it's enjoyable. And we're having a profitable year again. And everyone's doing well. Here at least. At spin class, one of my regulars, one of my regulars to the spin class, who wasn't in class for a long time, a lovely woman who, uh, it's been, gosh, at least two years probably two and a half years with uh, no two years or more because when the pandemic broke out she was one of the regulars that opted to buy a peloton and she came into class and she enjoyed she she was so happy in class and at the end she says oh, I love the energy of being in a class surrounded by people and stuff like that. And I said, you know, that's what the classes are for. And we had a big class today. We're uh, we're having a good return to classes to people that come in. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Peloton. I'm not threatened by change. 
people were, you know, spin instructors naturally going to say Peloton sucks. They're going to, they're, you know, they're ruining in, in class instruction. Well, there's a place and time for in-class instruction. For people that can't make it to the gym all the time, the Peloton app and equipment is exceptional. It's exceptional. And some people really do it well. Other people need the motivation of having people around them. Now, it's a funny thing about this woman there. She, uh, she and her husband were regulars in the class, so she came back. But about three, four years ago, she came to the catch when one of this show's regulars that used to be talk on the show, Luke Glenn or Luke Summers, a musician down here, very well-known musician, at least in the Keys. And he looks like the, anybody you see from the Hatfield and McCoys, you know, some kind of a mountain man kind of person. I hesitate to call them a royal, a rural a mountain person. I don't want to say hillbilly. Um, he's a great guy. He does look like someone that may have just came out of a cabin in Appalachia, right? With a banjo. But he's a great musician. He plays a lot of country, bluegrass, rock, but bluegrass rock and things like that. He does, you know, some, he has some adaptations of Pink Floyd and his own music. And he's a real great singer. But the funny thing is, Francesca came to, uh, I said her name, Francesca was her name. She came with her husband to the restaurant and she knew me as her spin instructor and I'm behind the bar and she was enthused that we had live entertainment. She didn't realize they had live entertainment and they were in a room off to the side of the bar, but it was open to the bar area. So she heard the band and she heard Luke and Luke was playing by himself. And she goes, does he accept request? And I said, yes, he accepts request. And I'm thinking, wow, I don't think there's any song. I didn't think there would be any song that Francesca would request from uh, Luke, but okay, and she goes and says, "Yes, my girlfriend's birthday. Her favorite song. I'm going to pause this for one second. I'm getting a phone call. Talk to you later. Hold on. Okay. So yeah, that was the notary phone call, and then it turned out the uh, the lady was calling to cancel. They booked, and then they canceled, which is good. I'm glad I didn't stop doing the podcast to do that. And I may get a call again. Who knows? I'm gonna have to." Say, hey, listen, three phone calls, that's the limit. Four signals. You know, no, I'm not going to say that. Um, okay, so Francesca says, does he take requests? My friend has a favorite song, blah, 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 blah. And I said, what's the song? And she goes, This Girl is on Fire by Alicia Keys. And I go, what? Now, if you're familiar with Fili- uh, Alicia, I was going to say Felicia Keys. Alicia Keys, that is not the genre of music that Luke plays. And I just looked at her and I go, you know, I don't, I can almost assuredly tell you he doesn't, he's not going to know that one. She goes, you don't know that. And I go, I'm looking at Luke and, you know, his his long, long beard and his cowboy hat and all that stuff. And I go, okay, okay. Um, she goes, please ask him, please, please, please. I said, okay, stay right here and I'll go up to him. So I waited for a moment and I waited for a break in a song and I went up to Luke. Say, Luke, 
I said, don't say anything too loud. And uh, I pointed over to the lady. That lady over there has a request for a song. He goes, well, why didn't she come up and ask me? I just said, I guess she's kind of shy. He goes, oh, okay. Well, what is it? And he goes, this girl's on fire, and there's no recognition. I said, uh, he goes, who's it by? He goes, Alicia Keys. And then he goes, what the fuck is Alicia Keys? And I go, okay, well, that pretty much answers it. So I walk back to, uh, I got la- laughing a little and stuff like that. I walk back to um, my friend and I said to her, um, she goes, does he know the song? And he goes, no, he, he's not familiar with the artist or the song. <laughs> oh, what did he say? Oh, he just didn't know who it was. I didn't say who, who the fuck is Alicia Keys? What the fuck? No, Alicia Keys is famous. I know who Alicia Keys was. I know who, I know the song, This Girl's on Fire. Uh, actually, I used it in a spin class for kind of like a climbing, um, when you uh, have your resistance song. So, yeah, all these things happen to me. Yes, Interesting. So that being said, uh, we're going to move on, uh, close out with our support for the Ukrainian people and their fight uh, against Russia. You know, the U.S. and NATO and the rest of the free world is trying to help them out because, yes, there are things in our past where we did things that weren't so hot either. You know, when you disagree with someone, like we had disagreements with Iraq and Saddam Hussein. And people say, well, he was a dictator and blah, 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 and he was horrible to the Kurds and all that stuff. But we we supported a lot of dictators over the years. We did it in South America. We did it in Southeast Asia. Um, and And so it's not a new thing. And we don't automatically attack just because a dictator is being horrible to his people. <clears throat> but this time around, it's in a place where we do a lot of, uh, where our alliance, we have our you know, NATO alliance, North Atlantic Treaty Organization. It's right on the doorstep of Ukraine. They want to participate in it. Ukraine is kind of like a, a partner, not necessarily a member. And we consider it a sovereign country. Now, Putin, who wants to reestablish the old Russian Empire, he he needs something to distract. I guess he needed something to distract his populace. So he was bringing back new regions into the Russian Federation. And part of that would be Ukraine. And he he always, in one of his documents he released over last summer, he, he suggested that Ukraine was tr- traditionally part of Russia, which is not necessarily true. Traditionally, Moscow was the original part of Russia, Moscow. And then it got bigger and bigger and bigger around it. So those European empires grow and decrease. You know, Turkey used to be part of, used to be the main part of the Ottoman Empire. And the Ottoman Empire controlled a lot of part of the, a, a, a large part of the Middle East and into Europe. <clears throat> to say that, you know, Turkey could go and say, well, traditionally you're part of Turkey, Syria, Iraq, Palestine. And, the, and people go and say, well, no, that was for a time. So 
lay that to rest. Yes, there were parts that were all together. There was the Roman Empire. Italy could Italy can say, well, you know, all of England, you know, south of Scotland was part of the Roman Empire. So you're really technically part of Italy. No, so that that argument doesn't really hold water. It really doesn't. So let's throw that by the wayside. History is history. That means that's in the past. Now, another thing, now people are saying red lines. Like what things, like if Putin decides to use chemical weapons or nuclear weapons or threatening to use nuclear weapons. His spokesperson said if there's an existential threat to Russia, which is kind of like a way of avoiding saying what threat would that be. We might have to resort to using those things. Now, why would they say something like that? Clearly threaten the world. Say, listen, I, if I don't get my way, it's like a child. I'm going to get the way. I'm just going to scream until I get my way. And don't, don't try to stop me. And, it, you know, if, if it doesn't, I'm just going to ruin it. I'm going to ruin everything. Just like a kid ruin your night, <coughs> excuse me, one moment, your night out at her dinner and start screaming on the floor and stuff like that. You're in a nice restaurant and your five-year-old starts saying, well, if he doesn't get his chocolate milk, he's going to flip out. And he's flipping out right now. Well, that's not a reason not to get him his chocolate milk. You know, If you're going to reward someone every time someone does something wrong, if you're going to reward someone for bad behavior, that that just sends the wrong signal to every every authoritarian out there. So if you're going to say, when they say things like the rule of law, respecting a sovereign country, a democratically elected country, that means something. It's just like saying you're going to respect the authority of the parent. Or let's go... With another analogy, Putin is kind of like one of those sexual predators prey on children, right? And they're saying, like, if you tell anyone or you try to interfere, I'm going to hurt your family. And the child doesn't know what the person is going to do. They're they're not experienced as an adult and realizing that the father of that child wouldn't wouldn't care what threat the predator makes. He says, "Listen, just tell me. I'm not afraid of him." Or a town, one of those stories you and that happening in the U.S. where you have a bully in the town, and the guy's real. I, I remember the story. I didn't know if it was Colorado or someplace Minnesota that a town bully. And a group of the people in the town decided to take care of the guy their own because they were tired of the he was just running around running roughshod over all the people in town. Like in one of his old West movies, where you have a gunslinger running around, they need to bring in another one to say, Hey, listen, could you take care of this guy? That's Putin. Putin's a guy that's a bully, you know? He doesn't. Is it? Are, and people say you can't do this because he might do that. 
if you go and do this, you're going to come in confrontation with him on that. Well, maybe his ramping up the rhetoric and threatening everyone should be proof and say, listen, it doesn't really matter. He's going to go and do this again. He did it in 2008, did it in 2014. He did it actually before 2008. We're just invading his neighbors. And that's why there's so many people from the Georgia region of uh, Eurasia, you know, from Georgia, from Chechnya. They're, they're, they're showing up in the Ukraine to fight the Russians. Because they just say, listen, we are tired of this bullshit and they got to stop it now and we have to stop it here. And that, yes, there are some probably some people that just join the fight just to, to be in a fight. But there's all sorts of reasons to, to really stand up to these guys. But the main reason is to curtail that activity. So you can show the next person, say, listen, it didn't work there. It's not going to work here. If he succeeds here, then China has the opportunity or the instigation to go and do that in Taiwan. Now, they're probably still going to do it with Taiwan. But if the world stands with Ukraine and resists this Russian aggression, no matter what threats he makes, then China will have to make a more serious decision on what it does for the regions it's want to get, whether it's in the South China Sea, whether there have been Ain territories and islands there in the South China Sea to get the mineral rights under the water there, or Taiwan, which uh, wasn't really traditional, wasn't really part, traditionally part of China. It was on the an island off of China, but. In 1950-51, the nationalists who were losing a civil war in China escaped the mainland and landed in Taiwan and established their own government. In the beginning, it was kind of authoritarian in the uh, regime. And now it's more of a democracy. Uh, but China's uh, threatened to say, listen, you're part of China and traditionally part of China. Kind of like the same rhetoric of Russia. So it happens all around. I mean, United States. United States kind of did it. And you, I made the analogy with the southwestern part of the United States with Mexico. Mexico would say, well, listen, you know, parts of um, California, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, and Texas were, was all part of Mexico. Traditionally. And there's a lot of people that speak Spanish there. So I'm going to leave it at that today. We're rolling into a beautiful weekend. It's going to be nice and kind of cool, kind of cool, but we enjoy that down here. I'm hoping you have a good weekend, and uh, thank you for all the downloads. We had a good download week, and I will be back next week, next Monday. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. 
Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a karate teacher to trim their hedges. Man, these shrubs are not made of plywood. Don't worry, another few chops should do it. Yeah! Nope! Yeah! Dang! But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Oh, this treehouse looks like particle board. Yeah! There we go. I'm starting to doubt myself. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.